Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This guy's right, Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica. From a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. In the reggae anthem Get Up Stand Up, the whalers sing, not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. My friend Brian always dreamed he could make the world a better place. Maybe by me telling his story, he still can. Consequence Podcast Network presents Rootsland Season 1 Reggae Chunky Joe Whole barrage of righteous people out there Because sometimes the story is the best song. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks so much for uh, making your way here, checking out this series. Hopefully you like what you hear enough to hit the subscribe button. Would love you to keep up with everything that we're doing here. New interviews 
uh, three times a week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, maybe discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. Uh, you can find us at all the usual spots, you know, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Acast, YouTube for the video versions uh, of this one as well, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Just to type in Kyle Meredith with and subscribe. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Rick Nielsen of the band Cheap Trick. It's always a lot of fun to, to catch up with Rick, uh, especially because, um, well, he plays guitar all the way through this, so you kind of get a, a little bonus concert, one-on-one concert with Rick. And uh, and we're going to be talking about their record in another world. It's an album that finds this, this rock and roll Hall of Fame band in peak form. It's one of my favorite Cheap Trick records, just automatically, right off the bat. And we're going to be discussing some of, um, well, the Easter eggs and hints to the past uh, within the songs in this new set. Uh, writing about the passage of time. Also, the guest, uh, he's got, uh, they've got Sex Pistols' uh, Steve Jones, the guitarist, uh, on here as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, also the, the whole album ends with a cover of John Lennon's Gimme Some Truth, so that's in there. And then before the record came out, they'd actually covered uh, Rebel Rebel, David Bowie. So I want to hear about the friendship that they had with Bowie, some of the stories. Uh, he'll also tell us the time that he was hanging out with uh, Jennifer Lopez. That's a fun thing. And then, let's see, they're going to preview the upcoming tour in Australia. They've got that on the way. And we're going to get into his business ventures. Uh, Did you know that he helped start Reverb? He's also got some restaurants and a new vodka line. So let's get into this. Talking about this record in another world, it's Kyle Meredith with Cheap Trick. Oh, good, good, good. How do you remember all that stuff? Well, all the stuff that I just said, the, that part's the easy. The intro is like, oh, it's like, uh, hope you don't ask me to do, repeat it. No, that, that part's easy because all I got to really remember, honestly, is to say how amazing and awesome Cheap Trick are. And that's that's a due diligence right there. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's a given. Uh, that's a given. <laughs> that's, that's the part I wrote for you. Yeah, appreciate it. Making it easy for me. Rick, it, it is so good to talk to you again. Congratulations on this new record because... It's like whatever you all have started drinking in the past few years to be on the run that you're on. I mean, keep drinking it because this record is so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's a it's a cheap trick record. Yeah, is, is it great? Uh, no, but is it good? We should just keep drinking. I'll leave it there. I gotta ask. You know, right at the beginning of this record, you start out with some um, two really greats. They've kind of got this bouncy, it's a happy vibe to the songs. Um, were you all really, were you looking for a vibe on this record? I mean, there's a lot of different sounds. This is just how it starts, but it kind of well, sets I, the scene. I, I, it was dictated by the songs, you know, it's like we had uh, Here Comes the Summer, The Summer Looks Good on You. It came out uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago or whatever, but it was never on an album. And, and that was kind of a fun one. It was, it actually did fairly well a lot of places but it wasn't on a record so hey let's put it back on or let's put it on here and uh it just went from there and we did all the we, we recorded all the other stuff around the same time at least it started it and uh then we added uh, uh give me some truths at the end because uh, we had done actually uh four four or five other songs too that, that are not on here we did uh the David Bowie Rebel Rebel. We did that with Jack Douglas. That came out. Uh, we did. Uh, she she said. There you go. The Beatles song. Uh, we did that for uh, Howard Stern, and then we did a, a Harry Nielsen song, uh, Ambush, that we did for a you know a compilation, whatever it was. And you know, so 
So we just keep recording. It's like, and but it was nice. We got it. So now we have a new record coming up, coming up. And we start. We started it out on a big machine recording there, and uh, we ended up with BMG. So before the record comes out, uh, it'll be no, it'll be on BMG. <laughs> where you'll be. You brought up the uh, the summer looks good on you. Uh, is that so? When I had it in in my headphones, uh, better headphones than I'm wearing with these earbuds right now. I try to give it good sound quality. Is there a little Easter egg in there? Do I hear a little bit of Dream Police happening on the strings in that song? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Thanks for uh, reminding me of the parts that uh, that uh, you helped us write for that. <laughs> well, you know, there was some just some different stuff in there. It's like. I can't remember how it goes now, but it's like, yeah, that part, uh, thanks for writing it for us. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. I, I wondered that though, you know, because when you got a catalog that's so iconic as, as Cheap Trick, I mean, you have opportunities if you want to take them to kind of drop some, as we said, kind of Easter eggs, you know, hints to the past. Is that something that you think about? Do you think, oh, we should we should put a little bit of that in there and see if they catch well, it? Only if it comes up uh, while we're doing it. It's like, uh, oh man, that'd be cool to, have this voice on here or here's the part that we left off years ago on this one thing we should you know why didn't we do that okay well we can't go back and do that let's let's toss this in here there's a couple of those things in there i mean we did that we did like that easter egg kind of stuff uh on albums and stuff years ago i mean when we did things heaven and i had a dream please it's like i've got a postcard from in color in my pocket and a toothbrush checkboard toothbrush brushing my you know i you know all these things that uh, had uh that meant nothing but uh, to me they meant a lot <laughs> yeah as a fan it's it's always so fun kind of hearing that stuff and and i mean it did it did it for me you know as i'm listening to it it's like oh oh there it is there it is but but as i said well yeah we, there, there's one song on there that uh, I, I wasn't there when they did the part it's like uh it was from taking me back now, I think Tom or Robin put it in uh, one of our <laughs> songs. I couldn't get over it. You know, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it, it, it wasn't a hit before, so now it maybe won't be a hit again. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's so much stuff happening on here, as I mentioned. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be hunting for threads and the lyrics and themes like that, but then I look further down and you take a song like So It Goes, uh, the offer mentioned summer, even final days. And I started thinking, oh, it seems like there's a bit of time passage thing happening here. Uh, spring is brought up and so it goes, I should mention in there. Is that something that you all were conscious of as you were putting the record together? Is it is it fair to say that that finds its way in on this record? Well, I think, you know, it was like, it was kind of a weird time these last few years. And so like, uh, it didn't, it, you, you don't want to be right on the the money there, but it's like, uh, a subtle, we're in a rock band, nothing's too subtle anyhow, so it's like, but you know, you don't want to go out and say, well, hey, uh, this guy is this, and this reminds me of that, it's like, I always liked, uh, when I'd write songs, I always try to have double and triple entendre, it's like, so it's like somebody would come up, oh, uh, this song meant that to me, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, <laughs> like Kyle, like how you write songs for us, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, what it means to you is more important than what it means to me, at least 
after you tell me. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes I say, oh yeah, that's what that meant. You know, it's, it's cool to have multiple meanings on songs, you know, so you're not just, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, it's cool to have a, uh, different meanings for different people yeah but it does seem a little bit um it does seem really poignant uh, you know i brought up final days and and you had talked about you know closing out the record with give me some truth those two songs really do seem to work together yeah well final days it, here's uh it's kind of like cheap tricks does a a blues riff but not a blues song you know it's like you know as i'm just thinking how i play it's like i try to play it it's like yeah uh, if i tried to play a play it like a legit blues song you know it's like you know i'm a songwriter more than i am a guitar player so it's like if i want to you know i should have called uh, joe bonamassa hey joe come on we need you on here <laughs> but uh, so i just do my do what i can do and uh, if i screw it up it's my screw up <laughs> you did invite uh, steve jones though not joe bonamassa yeah, we did. Steve jones from the sex pistols he made his way on to give me some truth how, wh why and how well, well we did uh, we were out doing uh, jonesy's jukebox and he had guitar there, and I brought, I actually brought this, uh, this is a Dwight Cornette in 1962. I'd gotten it, and he said, oh, God, I'd like to get one of those. I think he was, you know, hinting that I should give it to him, and which I unhinted it. <laughs> and uh, so I looked for a guitar for him, and then we said, you know, I think we played, we played something live on the, the air. And so, you know, I hadn't, you know, you hear him talk on the radio show, and it's like, he really knew his knew his stuff, and I liked you know, his basic playing too. You know, he had he had a cool rhythm guitar player. I'm a rhythm guitar player that plays leads occasionally and stuff like that. And it's like he fit right in. He said, hey, I think it was Rob and myself were sitting there. It's like, hey, Steve, you want to play this record? Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, yeah. And then we couldn't get rid of the guy. But <laughs> next member of Cheap Trick. By, oh yeah, by attrition. <laughs> Where is you down? I do want to ask one more, I guess, about sort of that what's going on in those songs right there with Give Me Some Truth with Final Days. Does that relate to what you all are calling the record in another world? Well, that was, you know, I, I think that was a title that Tom had, at least I think, because you know, the fact that we're not all together all the time. I mean, we've had, you know, 20 different titles for the record. And it's like, oh, that's what it's called? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was called this. You know, it's like... It's uh, what words fit together correctly. I mean, Dream Police was one that wasn't a concept of the whole album, but the title was uh, visually strong enough that it just happened to work out. And, and it happened that we had a song called Dream Police. But, you know, like, uh, we didn't have any song called In Color. You know? mm -hmm. But it does tend to represent the time that we're in. I mean, I appreciate yeah. that out of it. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, how do you, how can you be subtle when you're cheap trick? Hmm. <laughs> Hit you over the head with a hammer. Uh, and you know, it's like, yeah, I did better to uh, let let the, the audience guess, you know, like putting that subtle hint behind your left shoulder, cheap trick. Huh? Oh yeah, hey, hey, thanks. <laughs> I thought the payola was dead. <laughs> we need a little close up of that just to, uh... Oh yeah! Oh, oh really? There we go. Oh, oh, right there. I saw. I saw silhouette. That's me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was Milwaukee. That was Milwaukee, 1977. I've always loved. Um, uh, this has got the uh, 
if you want my love, the alternate version of that. That's the, I love that version on here. That's one of my favorites right there. <laughs> yeah, that was a, the, it was a different bridge in that. And that was actually number one in Australia. Mm. And uh, thank you, Australia and America. Come on, get with it. <laughs> Well, hit on Australia because you guys are going to do some touring down there. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. I think that's the first tour dates, right? What, what is this? The uh, Under the Southern Stars tour down yeah, there. Yeah, so pretty like- cool. I, I keep getting a text from uh, Dean DeLeo and Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pies. Rick, are we doing this? I said, I'm not your manager. Are you go ask him. But, you know, I, they don't trust their manager. So it's like they call me and it's like, and I just fool them. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Cool though. I mean, those, that's going to be the first shows back, you know, a, after all of this for you. Yeah, and Australia's I mean, I, a bit I, ahead I, of everybody else with uh, with the concert line. So yeah, and uh, and they were uh, ahead of who isn't ahead of America uh, <laughs> of the working on the pandemic and stuff. Mm. We have to we have to quarantine. We fly there, you know, go takes eighteen hours or whatever to get there. As, then we get there, we go right to a hotel, and we can't leave our rooms for two weeks. Wow. Yeah, I better be a nice room, damn it. <laughs> what's the What's the show's gonna look like? I mean, how much are you basing the new record in there? Are you doing anything special this time around? Different? Well, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I'm planning it. I've got my 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 dream set list going so, on. So, yeah. so, was you know that, that'd be good. You know, it's like we have a hard time deciding. Uh, you know that. Besides the obvious songs at each set, we change our set every night. And we don't do it until about 40 minutes before the show. And this, so we scramble to, you know, see what we, what we don't remember. <laughs> our mistakes are real. Thank you. <laughs> it's the title of the yeah, I meant interview. To, right I there. meant to do that. <laughs> our mistakes are real. <laughs> I, I do hope to, uh, to hear some of these covers, you know, over my shoulder, as we were saying here, but over this shoulder, you know, we've got uh, Mr. David Bowie back here, uh, a couple of things, right. and of course, Ziggy up here too. Uh, and and you said you'd covered Rebel Rebel, uh, one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Um, what inspired you guys to do that? And and I, I, what what was your relationship with Bowie? Did you guys have one? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, actually, Tom and I both lived in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, we recorded at uh, Sigma Sound, where Bowie did... Uh, Young Americans album, and uh, we were also friends with you know, somebody that worked for us. Was a friend of the day. You know, it's like, you know, not close, 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 but we knew each other. So, and it's like, you know, it's like uh, you'd always hope somebody else was around you so you can say, "See, I know a guy." <laughs> you know, we were always, you know, this before. Usually, it was before, you know, like having a, a camera with your in an iPhone. It's like. You know, you had to carry on a, a uh, carry around a real camera, or somebody did it. And so, no, nobody <laughs> took our picture together. But uh, there, there is a cool picture. It's uh, Iggy Stooge, Iggy and and David Bowie, and they're laughing together. They're in uh, Germany, and behind them, sort of like how you set up that cheap trick album. Behind them is a poster of, and it's Tom and I, and we're like playing like a Budokan or someplace and it's right behind their back it's like see they meant to do that you know? <laughs> but 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 we knew but we knew each other you know it's like and uh it, David Bowie does David Bowie 
and he does it better than anybody. You know, they're, they're just, the fact that we, you know, we we played it in the clubs like in, 19, in the early seventies. Did I do the riff right? I would think so. Probably not. <laughs> that's a that's a hard one to do. Yeah, fuck it up, man. I hadn't realized until you know I was kind of listening to it and and thinking about this interview that I hadn't realized that wasn't Ronson doing that 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 was Bowie doing the lead on that song for one of the first times. Well, I like Ronson anyhow. Sure, one of the actually greats. he 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 came he played uh, he liked Sheep Trick. He came when we did the Reading Festival in 1979, and he was he came up. Mick Ronson came up and played with us. Uh, Mick Ralphs. And uh, Dave Edmonds, they were on the side and they, uh, they liked Sheep Trick. The English liked us, the Americans didn't like us, but the English did. Never understood that. You're one of the greatest bands. You're one of the greatest bands. You're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at least, so it's it doesn't yeah, matter now. Well, I, I think we're every, a lot of people's fifth favorite band. <laughs> and it's like, that's fine with me. You know, it's like, you know, I, was, I was speaking with Joe Perry yesterday. He's like, he loves us, but he, you know, He's so cool, he can't tell anybody oh. that. But he told me. <laughs> now everybody knows, right here. Everybody knows. That's um, you know, I, I want to, you know, kind of your musical references too, because we've mentioned so many. Do you all use at this point? I mean, because it seems like the way you all do it is so easy. The way you kind of talk about how these songs just happen. But do you still find yourself using musical references when you're when you're writing these songs together? Yeah, but we don't. I don't think we. Here, remember this from this, uh, you know, it's like, it just kind of, it's kind of natural. It's like, it's what we do. I mean, we, we're not trying to be anybody else. So it's like, here, let's, some real complicated thing, like what the ego, uh, you know, it's like, you take us too long to do that. We do, do by what the, the feel of the song. And sometimes we get it really good. And sometimes we should work on that one. <laughs> and, and David Bowie, you talk about him. Uh, we did something together in Montserrat, uh, not Montserrat, in Montreux. And he was there, uh, and I think Tom and Robin were standing there. He says, there's Bowie over there. So he says, Tom says, I'm going to go over and say something to him, or I'm going to go whatever. He says, no, you're not. Yeah, he said, so he went over, he, he was talking to uh, uh, Annie Lennox. And, and all of a sudden, Tom goes over and, and grabs David Bowie's hand and starts holding it. And, and then David turned Wow, <laughs> you know who are you? <laughs> it, you know, it, it always a good introduction with Jeep Trig. <laughs> oh yeah, I, oh here's another one. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, not da not David Bowie, but I got invited to uh, American Idol. Steven Tyler <coughs> asked me to go to the shows as a uh, JJ Jackson and uh, who. So it, here they are. We're. we're waiting for the show to start and I'm chatting over. It says, Rick, uh, here, this is, this is uh, Jennifer Lopez. And I, or they said, here's JLo. I says, I've heard of you. And she just shocked that, you know, that somebody said that to her. And she never spoke to you again. I've heard of you. <laughs> yeah, well, I had, I'd heard of her. Bring cheap drink to the party, guys. It's always a good yeah, time. Really. You know, what I was going to say is uh, it's 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 so cool to see the way you all operate because bands, you know, 30, 40, 50 years on, 
to still have that sort of gang mentality that bands have when they're young. I mean, that, that disappears into this is a business now. I don't get that sense from you all. It doesn't seem like Cheap Trick is just a business. Uh, no. <laughs> we would have done something better than this. <laughs> no, I, I think we just do it for the fun of it. You know, I, I really do. I mean, I, I was never interested in, in money. I mean, that was never the, the, the reason to do anything. Cause you know, it's like, when I had no money, I was like unhappy. No, I mean, you know, I just do enough to get by so I could buy a guitar and take care of, you know, make sure my kids had some food and <laughs> not very good food, but, but it's like, we did it for fun. It's like, then we started making money. It's like, oh, you want to play here? Yeah, you know, and I never ask how much we get. I should have because we got screwed so many times. Huh? But it's like I've always done it just for the because of the way I because I like it. And it's like I've made some dumb things, dumb moves in business and stuff. But I've also done stuff that I liked. It's the only kind of thing that I've invested, and in. I've invested in stuff that I like. I helped start Reverb, if you know that mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. I helped start that company, and it's like by doing opening a Rick Nielsen store. Uh, and selling stuff, you know, stuff that I didn't, didn't need. There's a lot more that I don't need, but uh, just to get rid of it. And I, I helped build his business. And so it went from me having shares and I do stuff for him because I have a pretty good name. And uh, it went from like a dollar a share, whatever we have till it was like this international uh, huge business to like 15 bucks a share that they uh, sold to Etsy and, and paid, they had to pay us in cash. And I was like, you know, it was something I liked. It made sense to me. It was, it was eBay, except a less of a percentage. I still collect guitars. It's like, this is perfect for me. It's like, so I'm invested in that. And I, that did very well. And uh, I have, I've had, uh, I own two restaurants and, and speaking about stuff, uh, just today, at Christmas, I sent a bottle of uh, rock and vodka. I started a company with with a guy, another guy from Rockford. You know, you know, what do I know? But I don't even drink anymore, so so I'm no judge. But uh, I I sent it to Rachel Ray, who I knew from. Mm -hmm. I, she did the Food Network show with me at my restaurant in Chicago, which has now been there twenty some years. It was the number one. It was called Peace, P-I-E-C-E. -E. Uh -huh. uh, 20 years, we were the number one out of 37,000 peace establishments in, in the United States. And just today, I've got a thing. says, my guy, my business partner said, hey, can't believe it. Uh, Rachel Ray is on TV and she's mixing a drink with the stuff. <laughs> the stuff that I had. It's like, I did stuff that I'd like and I you know, sent her this thing. It's like, she didn't have to use it. She didn't tell me in advance. I mean, I, I would have been recording it or something. But it's like doing stuff you like. Uh, you, you only have your yourself and your bad taste to, to blame for your good news and your and your bad news. Yeah. So it's like guitars. I buy guitars not because I think they're investments because I don't never plan on selling them, but I do it because I like it. And I was trying to get a great deal on them. But they almost always go up, and I've got 500 guitars, so I hope they all go up. <laughs> but I'm not trying to sell them, you know. I, I do it because I because I like it, and I use them. And I can't, you know, I get very 
uh, nervous when I talk to smart people like you. <laughs> so I have to play the guitar. I like hearing it as you go along. You, you are doing good for the world. Uh, I, I noticed that in the things you're doing, you know, the, even the pizzas for struggling music venues and, and, and the things that you're just talking about. But when it comes down to it, you're making great music too. And that changes yeah, the well, world. Well, that's what I do. I mean, you know, it's like, I didn't start out with the pizza place. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I, I, plus I, I don't really do anything. I, I need people that are smarter and better and more driven than in that. But I, but I investing in stuff that I like, I've, I've done well my whole life, except for a few years there when you, <laughs> when you weren't supporting us. <laughs> we got those records too. We love them all. I love them all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Love them all. Especially, I, I got to compliment you again, Rick, this record. I know, I know. I'm just oh, oh, wrote it. Oh, 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 the record in man. another oh, yeah. world. Yeah, oh, oh, that one. It's, it's another cheap trick record. It's a great cheap trick, cheap trick record. <laughs> uh, you can say all that junkies had right at the beginning, but you can't say that. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for this music and all the music that you've done throughout the years. Mike must, Mike must be off. Okay, yeah. No, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. No, thank you so Speech. much, and and uh, and thanks for taking the time to talk about it today. I, this has been a whole lot of fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. You know, it was enjoyable for me. You know why? Was that? It's the last one of the day. <laughs> I had Germany. I had Australia. I had the UK. I did an hour with the Foo Fighters. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I made fun of them the whole time. <laughs> they asked me to do it, and I was like. Oh, they stole that from us, for sure, you know? <laughs> right on, Thanks, man. God. Well, thank you so much, right. dude. It was great talking to you. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right. Not soon enough. Okay, see ya. <laughs> All right, bye. Now, I also want to include, uh, the, I guess, the last time that I was talking with the band, I was hanging out with Tom Peterson. Uh, over the phone, we were discussing their Christmas record, uh, Christmas Christmas, that came out in uh, 2017. Uh, no ordinary ho holiday fare, though, as you would expect with a uh, cheap trick, uh, covering folks like Slade, The Kinks, Harry Nilsson, along with uh, four originals. It's heavy, it's melodic, and that record is a whole lot of fun. And Tom and I got to talk about the record, as well as his work with autism and a huge benefit concert that he played with uh, Rock Your Speech. So uh, bonus interview, part two, Kyle Meredith with Cheap Trick. Uh, you know, the first question is, what made you guys decide to do the Christmas album uh, in whole for the first time in your career? Well, we our record label just brought it up they said would you guys be interested in doing it and somebody and we said well we've never done one and we, were, we hadn't really thought of it you know you usually think of it during christmas when it's too late so we uh they brought it up to us in the spring or something we're like yeah you know and we thought well you know we want to do a bunch of standards and stuff and i don't know we were really kind of apprehensive about it and then we said, well let's our producer julian put some songs together and we started looking around at you know who who's done christmas songs beyond just you know, covering standards. Right. So it was a very, you know, so we started looking at groups that we liked, you know, Slade and whoever, T-Rex or the Beatles or whatever. It, it, and we, we, uh, we just picked out a bunch of songs of, you know, people we liked. Well, Slade was one of them, Roy Wood, you know, from The Move, mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. of his songs, that kind of the kinks, you know, and we, and we did a few, uh, I think three or four of them we wrote ourselves for this record. The only real standard is... Um, Silent, Silent Night. Night, yeah. Yeah. The Nilsson song. It's a no. The, the Nielsen song is titled "Remember Christmas," 
if you didn't know that, I don't know that it really has anything to do with Christmas, but it's such a it's one of my favorite songs of all time in the first place. It's like, oh, yeah, remember Christmas, because he doesn't say that in right. the song. So, yeah, that came out great. I, I, we were we were really pleasantly surprised. We started doing the record, and it's like, man, this thing, it came out really better than we thought it was going to and it was and we uh, it's real heavy and it's i think different than most christmas albums oh yeah no i mean that was you know you said a pleasant surprise and that's exactly how i feel about it because you hear you know one of your favorite bands and and, and i put you in that camp uh, I, I love cheap tricks so much but you know one of your favorite bands go do a christmas album and there's a furrow brow moment that i think everybody has like oh okay and, and and then when I saw yeah, the track they're list, not all good. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of groups that I really love that have done you know covers of songs, and it's like you know like oh I can't wait to hear. I'm not going to name any names. It's like that is not good. <laughs> like, that's the, well, then if I you're s- going to do a cover, you might as, you have to at least try to do it better than the original, or <laughs> or maybe quite a bit different, or just make it you know. But we just we just kind of do what we do to them anyway. I think I think the the thing that really was pretty dramatic was the Kinks one. Doesn't sound anything like the Kinks. It's like it's real fast and it's got a million chord changes and it just didn't have it's like yeah it's got the Kink sensibility and it's got these funny lyrics and it's you know you know Ray is singing it of course but it just sounded it didn't sound anything like what the Kinks how we look at the Kinks you know and so we thought yeah we're gonna let's cut this thing down a bit slow it down a bit and make it it's, yeah it turned into sounding like the Who doing the Kinks. <laughs> Which, which is, is awesome. Which is a great combo to me. Right, right. Well, now that's what I loved about, about it. I mean, to me, it's about as good as it gets. Yeah, having so many just rock and roll covers because it is different. I mean, these are the songs that we play here at FPK a lot during Christmas because we, we you know, like everybody. Well, I don't say like everybody. Some people love the traditional Christmas songs, my wife being one of them. But, but we sort yeah, of try to get... Yeah, my family too. But, yeah. but after a couple of weeks, <laughs> you can't take it anymore. <laughs> So we play a lot of these songs. That's what I was so happy to hear that you guys doing it. Although you you did say you know th- there is one traditional one on here was Silent Night. Was there any specific reason why you landed on that one? No, not really. It just it just was an idea that let's do a real dark version of that. Yeah, and it's you know because it's just it's a pretty dark sounding song. It's beautiful, really. We just did it a little different. You know, it's a real moody, dark sound to it and it's like so yeah that's really no real reason why we did that it's just like one of the ones where it wasn't you know whatever you know jingle bells or something like oh god (laughs) who can take it anymore you know i don't know that you could do a good version of that maybe now as far as the uh the originals you know i i feel like that's the dream to to write a christmas classic and then if you want to you can retire like there, there are plenty of artists who you know, probably. I mean, that was the thing about um, um, the, the lead singer of Slade. Uh, you know, they had all these great songs, although none of them were huge hits uh, over here, uh, other than "Quiet Riot" taking yeah, the, there you the go. covers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, but there there was a quote, and somebody asked you know him about uh, about "Merry Christmas," and uh, and he's like, you know what, I don't ever have to write another song in my life because I get paid every year because of that song. <laughs> and I feel like that's the dream. So when you're trying to write these Christmas songs, like, I don't know, do you, do you try to go for the ultimate classic to, to sustain on forever, or do you just sort of have fun with it? Well, both things in a way, but that's almost, that's really for everything we do. Mm-hmm. We are always looking to do something, you know, it's not just for Christmas and what is it, you know, what is it about? Is it religious? Is it about, you know, like the King song where it's just a complete piss take of Christmas and, you know, beating up Santa Claus and, you know, you know, that sort of whatever, the, whatever the content is. I don't remember, 
Exactly. But it's really, you know, it's hard to say. We, we never were good at and never tried to figure out what people really wanted to hear. It's just stuff that we like ourselves. Like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something and somebody will go, oh, that, oh, that's really great. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, okay, let's go ahead with that. You know, I've got this idea. Like, eh, okay, next. What else you got? Okay, next. Oh, whoa, okay, now, wait a second. That's really good. So we're always trying to inspire each other to work on, you know, on songs to get the best thing possible. Whatever the, however that works out, there's really no formula. Just a lot of times it's, you'll have something and they go, you know, that bridge, that needs a better bridge. You know, we, I've got this idea and I put that in there. Like, okay, that's great. You know, that sort of thing. Now, as far as these songs though, I mean, there are, there, I don't know, are there any stories behind these, uh, these new originals? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas songs, let's go. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are Christmas songs. Yes, that's true. So they, that was the one, you know, you know, parameter. Right. So, it wasn't like Harry Nelson where he just titles the thing Remember Christmas, but it has <laughs> nothing to do with Christmas. I'm not sure it has nothing to do with Christmas. Maybe it does. Now i got to listen to the lyrics again. I never thought it did. I didn't ever realize that was the actual title. Oh, that's funny. No, that's a great song. But anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, hell, anything Nelson did was a great song. Guy wrote great oh, songs God, in his sleep. So, so Yeah, yeah I, I worked with him once. I was in a session oh. with him in Los Angeles. So that was pretty nuts. I don't know how the guy could have kept up the play, pace, but... He, uh, well, I guess he, in the end, didn't, but wow. I mean, it was, yeah, there was... <laughs> they a, some hardcore partying going on, and goes, wow, these <laughs> guys are serious. But man, just one amazing melody after another, and uh, and lyrics to, to be oh, with it. Oh, the tone so, of yeah. his voice, you know, just, just that alone, even the sound, yeah. he was great. It's, a sh- it's really a shame what happened, you know, that he had to just throw it all away like right. that. But, right. you know, but there you go. You yeah. Know? Well, back on you guys, um, you had done one Christmas song before, right? I Want You for Christmas, uh, which had been... Yes. Was now, there... was that, uh, I don't remember, was that was that a, like a takeoff of one of our own songs? We did that, uh, I don't remember. It was We kind of just did a variation of one of our songs. Yeah, Come On Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> when you've got that long of a catalog. It's not on this record, right? That, no, it's, what, it's what song you're t- no, it's it's not on this record. That, I, that's what I, I kind of wondered is you know was there ever any conversation about uh, like hey we already have a Christmas song we could just re-record that and put it on here but I guess that was not even part of the. I don't uh, think we thought it was that great. We didn't put m- very much thought into it. I think that was one we just kind of I don't really remember. Yeah, but we just did it fast. Like okay, yeah, now that's a Christmas song. Like well, okay, I guess so. But no, we thought and once we did started got into the thing and we were hearing you know we just. Uh, yeah, one thing led to another, and we put together a few of our own songs, and they're on there too. And voila, there you hopefully go. Hopefully, they hopefully they do better than the other people's songs, but <laughs> we're, we're not counting on it. Let's put it there. But yeah, you're right. The one good thing is that you, you uh, we only have to we we will do another Christmas album 40 years from now, so this will last us for a while. There you go. Perfect. Now, were you doing this record the same time that you were doing the last record? Because to be so close in release, uh, I was guessing you were actually, this is the same studio sessions, maybe? Uh, no, it wasn't the same sessions, but it was right after we finished. Right. Close to it. You know, not, we weren't still, you know, we didn't just kind of keep going. We came back. We did it fast. Well, it, it, it's certainly faster if, you know, other people have written, <laughs> written most of the other songs. If you have to write them all, that's a, that's a different story. Right. But once we got in there, we uh, it's like, okay, this is done. And like, yeah, let's do this to this, and let's do what we did that song. What's the song that the uh, uh, Please Come Home for Christmas, the Eagles, mm-hmm. are just most known for it. So we didn't do their version either. I mean, it's, uh, it's not, they didn't write it either. Somebody else 
it's a, like an old blues thing, but we, which we didn't really realize. I'd never heard the original, and we thought, yeah, the Eagles one, let's let, let's do that. But we did a real kind of a our our version of a Chicago blues song, and we kind of simplified it too. There was like, like a lot. It seemed like there was more in there than needed to be. We made it simpler and bluesier, and it really came quite close to the original. That's the cool. dad originally wrote it, which was really just by a fluke. We yeah. had no idea. We never heard that. Ours is a, a bit heavier, but you know, we're, we're just you know, it's more sounds more like us. But it's very bluesy. Our version. I think it's. I think it came out great too. So, and you know, being heavier, I mean, you guys actually seem like you have been rocking a bit harder or or bigger on these last couple records, and, and this one included. And I don't know if that's just me. It just seems like that. Have you noticed that yourself, or? or is the sound bigger and heavier than maybe it used to be? I don't think so, because I really, that's how we started out. Now, a lot of, you know, we've gone through a lot of different producers through the years, and a lot of times people, we'd always be in a battle with a the producer. They were trying to kind of straighten us out and make it sound, in their minds, more commercial, whatever that is. I'll make that more radio-friendly, or right. that's too heavier, that's, that's a bit scarier, that's cra- that's scary, that, you know, whatever. So we were always battling with people that they were always kind of trying to straighten us out a little bit, make it a little more commercial sounding. Yeah. And that's not the way our, you know, the, the producer we, we've been using recently, Julian Raymond, who's really, he's really pretty much become almost a fifth member. He's really, you know, he understands us from the beginning. You know, since he's not really in the band, he can see it, see what it's, he's more objective about what, you know, our stuff. So we're, I think uh, he just brings out that in, in us like yeah you can do you know deal like he like encourages us to do what we naturally would do which is to make stuff really heavy yeah well I, i'm enjoying it uh, quite a bit it's it's cool to hear you guys go for it i'll turn my attention uh, to to rock your speech which i know is a, a pretty important thing and and something that keeps your attention these days um i'd love yes. for you to tell me about that too because i'm sure a lot of people uh, aren't familiar with that yet so so what is it and and how are you involved with it and and, and the why well, uh, the why is our, our now 10-year-old son is on the autism spectrum, and he didn't speak at all until he was f- five years old. Anyway, we, uh, we really um, started Rock Your Speech for him, just really writing songs that were rock and roll, rock songs, but with really simple lyric content so he could easily follow along. That was the thing with music. He couldn't really hear, see, love music, and he, you know, oh, he liked, but he he could really only come in, you know, with one word here and there, but he'd always come in in the right spot. You know, he'd, he'd be, he'd wait. And then that, okay, that word comes in and he'd sing it right then. And we just realized that he was just the simpler, the better. So just started kind of went to my little studio and started writing songs that I thought sounded cool, but with really simple content, you know, and, and we didn't really do it as for children. I mean, he was a child, of course, but mm-hmm. we, I kind of wanted to do it where it was, any, a person of any age could listen to it. It wasn't just little kid, little kitty themes. So we, it's basically the Rock Your Speech is, uh, you know, it's, we started. It's we are creating video and audio content for you know other parents and teachers and music therapists. It's really for a, a tool for their kids and you know and students on the autism spectrum. We, uh, you know, it's I guess you could describe it as combining rock music with the basic principles of speech therapy. You know, and it, and we always say it, it helps kids on the spectrum find their voice through music because their people in general are drawn to music. And you mm-hmm. see how people react in nursing homes and people have strokes and you know all sorts of different things. It's not just just autism or you know people have you know people that use speech therapy and music really just gets people 
gets people's attention and it brings memories back to people and all this. It's so it's so powerful. It's a it's a healing force. All the music therapists know it. So we're just in the you know we're living with it anyway. And I you know I'm in the you know I love writing songs and working in the studio and it's just something that's it's really close to us and I I really enjoy it and I think I think ultimately it will help parents be able to help their kids with speech therapy, something they can enjoy listening to. You know, they you have, uh, you know, an app on an iPad and, you know, you know, all the kids are drawn to that sort of stuff anyway. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's important work right there. I seem to remember, um, maybe it's popular myth or maybe it's real, but it, it seemed like I, I remember someone back quite a while ago, uh, maybe I read it somewhere about uh, speech therapists using uh, the Beatles and, 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 folks with autism really connecting with that, which makes sense because especially their earlier stuff was, you know, sort of uh, yeah. simplistic and catchy and bouncy. And I can, I can kind of see if that yeah, makes sense that, with what that, you're saying. It makes perfect sense because there's stuff uh, like uh, they were a really good example. It's like, you know, help. I need somebody help. Not just anybody. You mm-hmm. know? It, it, it is kind of like that, except even more simple. We've got a song called help me. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. Help me. I'm hurting. Help me. Cause we wanted to have phrases that, you know, Liam couldn't, he, he couldn't tell you if he was sick, if he was cold, if he was hungry, you know, he, if, if you can't speak, you're obviously not communicating too right, well. Right. So it's like a big game of charades. It's like, let's put phrases in there that we would like him to use that are common phrases, but in a musical way. And, uh, and that's what it is. And the Beatles were a good example of that, you know, I want to hold your hand as a good reason. She loves you, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. of course they expand upon it much more. But but you know they even did that one song. I what I think it's on Yellow Submarine. One, two, three, right, four. Right. Yeah. Can I have a little more? Yeah, you know, that's like a little a bit of a kid song. It's a scary nursery rhyme sort of. But <laughs> it is that. It's like that Beatles thing, but really more simplified. And then try to add in, and, and it's something too. We wanted to do it where music therapists could come in with an acoustic guitar and just play that song, you know? So we've got a song book that goes along with all the records we've got out now. And it's got, you know, lyrics and songs and the charts and, and it's stuff that you should be able to, they, all the music therapists say to us like, yeah, we love, you know, we know this is, you know, it's so powerful, except there's no decent music. It's all, you know, the wheels on the bus go round and round and Jimmy, Jimmy crack corn and whatever, whatever. It's like, okay. You know, always, you know, you got to, te- it's one thing if you're a little kid, but, you know, what do teenagers and adults do? You know, they, they're going to sit around, you know, what, what a, there's, you know, it just seemed that there was something missing. And I, and, and there is, there is really nothing like this. So, and I know you're, you know, going to be a part of a, a big concert. I think that's yet to be announced, though. So, you know, we won't get into it. Oh, it's, that it's been announced. It's, oh, it has uh, now. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, December 2nd at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Los Angeles. So, Saturday is the 2nd. It's a, it's a uh, a benefit for the Autism Society of America uh, with Rock Your Speech, which is our organization. But mm-hmm. uh, Cheap Trick is headlining, and we've got the Dandy Warhols doing a set, a uh, band called the Empty Hearts, which is uh, Clem from Blondie and mm-hmm. Elliot from The Cars and uh, Wally from Romantics, my friend Andy Babuick from uh, Chesterfield Kings. It's kind of a bit of a super group. And Johnette Napolitano from Concrete Blonde is doing it. We're, she's going to be in our house band. So and cool. uh, Red Cross is playing. Oh, what a and, lineup! Uh, Terry Nunn and Ed Asner is speaking. Ed Asner, actually, his son is a uh, is, is one of the main people at the Autism Society, and uh, Ed is just deep into the autism. You know, he, uh, he he's. I think they've got he's got like five 
grandchildren on the spectrum. I mean, I know that Matt, his son, has like three kids on the spectrum. Yeah. So they are, you know, really, uh, you know, very involved in that whole scene. And he's an interesting guy, Ed Asner. He's really funny. We've met him now a couple of times. And Billy Bob Thornton is going to be there. And and we've asked, you know, just a bunch of our different friends that are in or around Los Angeles or wherever to come in. And we'll just, you know, see what happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a, a hell of a night, uh, anyway. I, I know a lot of those folks and and love a lot of those artists too. So, um, so you know, good on you guys for putting together that and 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 you know, break a leg with the show. And uh, thank and, you. And and thanks for the Christmas album too. You know, I at least want to throw that out there. The, the whole record's so fun. So we're looking forward to spending spending. Even if all I do it. say so myself. <laughs> right. All right, buddy. Tom, it was really great. Thank you so much for the talk and, and, and the music and, and everything. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you back around Louisville uh, sooner than later. All right. Good deal. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. Bye. And my thanks, Cheap Trick. Again, the brand new record is called In Another World. Thanks to you for checking out this uh, series, this episode. Please do hit the subscribe button if you're not already. Again, with three new interviews a week, it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, just subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, and theme time radio, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them, at Kyle Meredith. I'm even on TikTok, KyleMeredith81 over there. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I went to George Martin's house. It's like, I go to use the bathroom. There's cheap trick, gold oh. thing on his wall. It's like, he must have dug that out of the basement in a hurry. You, know? <laughs> you don't think he always has that there? <laughs> ah, well, you know, I'm right next to Sergeant Pepper and, and cheap trick in the toilet. Uh, <laughs> I felt honored. You know, the great. You know, it was up, it was up too high to splash on it too. <laughs> Do you read Stephen King? Good news, there's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.